this is Jeff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. And out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that occasionally prefers revenge served at room temperature. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, our shark shenanigans kind of continue as we trigger some childhood trauma with a Jawsploitation classic, Orca the Killer Whale. And you don't have to be a tin to listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your blowhole. And if you are out on sea, you can follow us on social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, again, it is on the Book of Face where we have a little events tab, which again leads to shenanigans and cyber shenanigans. And as this uh, episode is releasing Friday, the 11th of September, here in the Kansas City area, once again, this is our time to give a little love to Screenland Armor. Oh yeah, we got some good stuff. Yeah, and they're going to take care of you uh, indoor. Outdoor. And virtually. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be starting indoors here. And that very Friday on the 11th, our latest Friday Night Fright finds us in the outback, my friends. Crikey. Where we realize that even in the in Australia, they say everything is dangerous. Everything is in, dangerous. Including high school, mm-hmm. including prom. Am I not pretty enough? We're going to find out what Lola wants. Lola gets. We are going to be screening Sean Burns 2009 into the Mouth of March Madness did really well. Yeah, The Loved Ones, deservedly Whoa. so. That is a great movie. If you haven't seen it. Whoa. Come on, check it out, because it's well worth your time. This is the night to join the Friday Night Fright film family. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then that next Friday, we're going from the outback to the big city, and we're getting kind of dirty. In fact, this is the lone horror film, I believe, from one Tony Scott. And we're going all the way to 1983 with The Hunger. Ooh, sexy vampires. That's a cl- You cannot go wrong. So I'd like to think that we're trying to give you a number of different oh yeah all the different flavors indeed and of course we're the baskin robbins of of film movies of of absolutely and if you don't want to stay up late with us on friday night there the following monday they're going to be repeating the films a little bit earlier as well but i join you to come on out join the friday night fright film family and of course in the indoor entertainment value we've got one of the all-time favorite films of ours capital f the 1987 paul verhoeven classic Robocop. Thank you for not smoking. No, that's part two. Thank you for your cooperation. That's part one. It's always... It's the, I'll buy that for a dollar. There it is. There it is. Come on out for that. As well as a film that's... A, I've Actually, I did see this in high school, but I have not seen it since then. 12 Angry Men. Oh, yeah? I, I watched that in high school as well. I think we all had the same, those <laughs> th- those civics teachers. They were, you know what? I'd like to think in the long run, they were basically what we would have done as, yeah. you know, educators. Watch this. It's something that we enjoyed growing up there. But if that's not quite your thing indoor, then outdoors, we've got an interesting weekend here from comedies from the 90s and the 80s that are very representative 
of the 90s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. We've got the Fairley Brothers Dumb and Dumber, mm-hmm. which I have not watched unedited in quite some time. I oh. would always catch it on TBS. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it deprives us of the great line, that John Denver's full of shit. <laughs> exactly. That's that's a travesty. That's a great... I actually saw it maybe about five, six years ago. Still pretty funny. Is it still pretty funny? Still pretty funny. Yeah, it legitimately always tickled me. And then, of course, then the next night, from straight from the 80s, the John Hughes classic, be careful how you're watching it, because this is one that has aged interestingly, but... 16 Candles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah is right. Yeah. We've got the casual racism. We have the casual, um, the very end when Jake gives up his lady to Farmer Ted. Yeah, that's, but this, hey, it, it might not be your jam, but if it is, check it out of Screenland Armor. Yeah, I am totally ca- casting <laughs> shade of, all over. That's horrible. Check it out of Armor. Uh, but if, it, it, so that's outdoor. Um, staying outdoor is Kansas City Horror Club. <laughs> on October 17th, we're showing, we're having at the Twin Drive-In, we are doing our diabolical double feature again with Horror at the Drive-In with the Swap and Shop. We are showing uh, Pumpkinhead and Trick or Treat, not not the Sammy Kerr one. So you're you're okay in your car. So you'll be fine. There'll be a lot more information coming soon about how tickets prices and how that's going to go, but it's going to be affordable, it's going to be fun, and it's it's going to be a ball. And as someone that, that has attended all of them in the past, I've always enjoyed the, the the two movies you put on. The Swap and Shop is great. Pick up a lot of your horror and genre needs. Mm-hmm. We'll all be socially distanced yes, as well. Yes, we'll make sure that we're all socially distanced and safe. No. And then speaking of the month of October and then, and Screenland, it has become a yearly tradition. And this year, 2020 be damned, they're still doing it. Mm-hmm. The month of October changes to... Shocktober. That's where we need a soundboard or sound effect. Oh, no, that's okay. I actually appreciate what you do there. It okay. keeps you on point. <laughs> but here in the month of October at Screenland Armor, I primarily they're going to be looking to put out a horror film a day. And maybe not per day, but it is loaded. Oh, so, yeah. again, oh, check yeah. over screenland.com. Uh, and I cannot wait because uh, there's the some good stuff on there, including our sixth Nerdoween, which we are still ironing out the dates. But don't worry, mm-hmm. you know what's coming as soon as we know the specific date. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're going to know we have a theme already. Oh, of course. Oh, no, you've already heard it before. There. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead and check that out now. If that's not your thing, again, indoor, outdoor, virtually we've got you covered as well because the following Saturday on September 12th, we have our latest Shutter Shoutout double feature that's not squiddly diddly as you hear. <laughs> but in this case, we got a modern take on one of our favorite little monsters. Some vampires, our own little vampire action. Vampires that, that don't suck. Blah. Potentially, because I can vet for one of the films, but the other one is going to be a first-timer yeah, for me. the first one is going to be a first-timer for me and... I'm excited because I like the second one too. Oh, absolutely! Well, the, on the on the slab here, we have the first one up is exclusive to Shutter, the Shed, mm-hmm. which I've been told is Fright Night plus the Evil Dead. Ooh, exactly. Well, drink your blood, drink your blood, <laughs> for real, for real. And then following that up, we go to one that came out um, that I actually had a chance to see in the theater, uh, Joe Bigas's Bliss. Mm-hmm. I like that movie a lot. It's styly. I'm curious to see how they play back to back again. I can definitely uh, vet for bliss. Now that is free, of course. But if you would like a customized pre-show, 
introductions for the films, trailer reels for the film, and then a little bit more, including discussion afterwards. All you need to do is become a member of the Screenland film family. Uh, we do provide that as part of our little Nightmare Junkhead hosting service. Mm-hmm. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash Screenland. And of course, that is the tip of the tier here in the month of October. They have their Lovecraft Country watch parties, mm-hmm. a number of different uh, perks for you. There's like trivia, all sorts of fun stuff. All sorts of good things. And then speaking of Screenland and virtual, here on October 31st, in partnership with Panic Film Fest, they have their trick and treats. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what's that all about because there's a they got a lot of cool things coming up well they are um putting it out there they're going to be offering three days from october 31st to november 1st feature films shorts and events they're still putting together the lineup in fact if you're interested in submitting a feature a short or event head on over to panicfilmfest.com slash tricks submitting submissions are still available right now and of course we'll talk about the full lineup when it becomes available obviously i do believe we're going to be part of that and bring back something yes hopefully hopefully we'll We'll see what's going on we'll get your thinking caps ready just in case Uh, i like that i like that but uh, head on over to panic panicfilmfest.com slash tricks now if we're talking patreon screenland and film family while you're there head uh it's time for our latest little Patreon Pallies. And I'm finding a familiar enough pattern here that this, with every particular pally that fits this in this one, we're going to call them, a, it's going to be part of the familiar face phenomenon. Familiar face phenomenon. Say that five times fast. Familiar face phenomenon. Familiar face phenomenon. You've summoned something. You've, you're going to summon. Rack to stormy news. Well, I was going to say you're going to summon this particular Patreon pally, and that wouldn't be a bad thing. No. Now, the, the familiar face phenomenon comes from the fact that when we attend movies, whether we're hosting them or watching them, we start to see the same faces over and over again. And eventually those faces become names. And eventually those names become friends, and those friends eventually become Patreon pals. <laughs> and this one is no different. Um, I remember seeing him at the Alamo. I've seen him at Screenland. And recently, he did come out at Screenland to check out uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. And I know not everyone is coming out because I understand they're not... But that's why we have been plugging, promoting Screenland. But even though I didn't get to see him out there... Um, just let's just say Stuart Ward. It was. I'm glad that you came out to Screenland to experience mm-hmm. that, and I know you had a good time with it. Um, but I, I, Stuart would always come out. I would see him at the bigger genre stuff, be it like your Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. your Superman. But I also know him as a big fan of Teen Wolf, <laughs> which which Stuart. I think there are dozens of us potentially. I will actually always go to bat for Teen Wolf, even though. It's also from uh, 1985, so another time. Another place. Completely with drops of the F, the casual F-bombs, which <laughs> should be noted, you don't have in the new Bill and Ted. No. In the first two, in uh, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey, it's not the F-bomb you're thinking of. It's the F-bomb you go, oh, whoa. <laughs> well, it definitely is another time, another place with Truly. Bill and Ted. But uh, you know what? Um, being you know an excellent friend and having an excellent adventure, um, Stuart, thank you for obviously. I miss seeing him in person, but I know following him on the social media, as mm-hmm. I do, he's been passing his nerdum down to his kids, which has been adorable to see. That is awesome. That well, is always good to see. And you know, it's funny because you never know if it's going to take. Because a lot of times kids like to rebel against what your parents dig. Mm-hmm. But when you're digging what you dig and what you're digging is cool. Yeah. You know, Superman at any age, Christopher Reeve Superman is cool. Yeah. You is. know, uh, uh, 
Michael uh, Keaton's Batman at any age is cool. Jaws at, at any, any age. age is cool. Absolutely. You know what, Stuart Ward? At any age, you are you're cool, cool as you're, well. You're fucking rad. And honestly, I miss seeing your face, man, and hopefully get to see you again soon in the theater, but it's good to know you were still repping out there. Mm-hmm. And if you would like us to wax your car a little bit and plug and promote, uh, you can become a member of our film family by heading over to patreon.com slash Nightmare Junkhead, where we have everything from a squidly diddly to another time. Another place. So, and quite honestly, it's really funny considering the commentary track that we're releasing here for the month of September over at Patreon would pair very interestingly with the film that we are going to be talking about. I can't see the Michael Caine in that, in the Nolan verse. Give You know what? I'll take a, I'll take a Christopher Nolan remake of Orca any day. Yeah. Or at least something within a Jaws exploitation realm. Mm-hmm. And we did kick everything off last week with a talk of Jaws, which, listen, you can talk that film for four hours. You can chum your way through many days of conversation, and you're still not going to be able to cover everything. I don't find that funny at all. <laughs> Except for your love of her, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but Jaws did so well. Like we said, it created the modern blockbuster, the the summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. but because it made money, even though it cost a lot, even though there were production shooting nightmares. They were going to do it because people wanted to see underwater monsters. I mean, it happened again in the 80s. Once, like, a couple of good slasher films came out, it opened the floodgates to all the rip-offs Absolutely. and sequels and everything. It, there's a prescient, so it happened before with all the sharks. And Jaws like ripoffs like ooh it's it's jaws in the forest or it's it's jaws in the desert jaws redefined so many things it became itself an adjective a verb a noun when it transcends language yeah. and can fit into all of those you know you've done something mm-hmm. and what's great is some of the jaws on land films that came from this era a lot of them are actually pretty freaking good cuz if you're going to be a bear be, be a, a grizzly, grizzly. Okay, now Grizzly is another one <laughs> that I have seen bits and pieces, but I'll be honest, I think it's one of those that I can say, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that too, but really? I I remember seeing it vividly because like Orca, it was on 62 in the afternoon all the fucking time. Because also like Orca, it was PG, so it was easy enough where you didn't have to edit out a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Now another one that's Jaws on Land, which is another one admittedly we both just saw for the first time, but totally fits in that trope, is the car. Yes. Honk, 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 honk. Which, Daddy Brolin. Such a good film. Yes, and it another is. Exact, it's a great movie. It's an exact approximation of Jaws on Land, which includes uh, Blood Beach is yeah. another one. Hell, tr- Tremors at that point falls Absolutely in there. Absolutely could be uh, Jaws on Land. And uh, honestly, a lot of people say, well, Tremors is simply a, an underwater mo- or an under... Ground monster movie. But that's you, fine. But you just take the, take the sand, take, take perfection and put it the SS perfection. Yes. And then you got it. You totally got it. So needless to say, Jaws is influenced, goes beyond the sea, mm-hmm. into land, into under Somewhere the- beyond the sea, those sharks are waiting for me. Gonna bite off both of my hands and then off my head. Which I'll is, go sailing. Which is why I think Bobby Darren is as close to the sea as you get. <laughs> yeah. I, and, there, and as we saw and established in Jaws, there's a reason you are out of the sea. Fuck yeah. And there's a reason why I'm not going to live by the sea either. AM radio is about as close as you're going to get. And that's fine. That's fine. But um, outside of Jaws on Sea, 
obviously then there are a lot of Jaws copycats, which mm-hmm. truly fall into the Jaws ploitation realm of movies. And we talk about the exploitation films all the time. Uh, the loved ones technically could fall as Ozploitation. Absolutely. Being a genre film out of Australia. We've talked about our love of like black exploitation, Canucksploitation. We've yeah. talked about the films in Canada. And Jawsploitation in and of itself is an entire genre. It is. It's, it's, it's just because you have the templates of the formula of that sharks created. Mm-hmm. Just throw a little bit of animal, different animal. Same scenario. Hell, make it this. Make it a, still. Make it the same. You can animal. make it the same animal, right? I mean, we're going to be talking about more shark movies later on this month. Well, so. there are some jaws exploitation films that I think elevate themselves above the rest, and there are some that are truly the chum of the jaws exploitation, <laughs> and they just deserve to be, not necessarily be thrown out. Because I'm again, I'm sure everyone out there, somebody's has, got their favorite. Somebody's somebody loves them some chum. But all they realized was is they just need some of the shark footage that's out there access to water and cameras and you can make yourself a little jawsploitation flick and they came from all of the countries as well mm-hmm. you have indian jawsploitation films you have italian jaws Tur- turkish jaws Tur- the films out of turkey though are pretty next level those are pretty great and they much like a lot of the ones out there have no problem being morally flexible with intellectual property <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes just That's putting it super nicely. Dude. Oh, oh, absolutely. Super nicely. Well, I mean, you remember, can you recall your experience with um, Turkish Star Wars? Yes. When like they take the footage of them fight in the X-Wings fighting the Death Star and just change the aspect radio and threw the Raiders of the Lost Ark music on there. Yeah, I remember that. That was wild because we all looked at each other like this. What the fuck is going on? Because they're like. Oh, we can't make it. We got to stop the Space Lord. Dun, 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 dun. George Lucas is going to sue somebody. Y- yes. I'm surprised that movie saw the light of fucking day. But it also adds to a level of charm mm-hmm. with Abs- the movie no, as well. It's a fun movie. It absolutely. And that's just it. It's fun. It's one that is you can go and look and enjoy. Even the flaws all intended because there was, I think, a lot of good intent mm-hmm. behind a lot of those films. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the, the goal is money. Of course, you want to turn a profit. But my, my, why can't you make something entertainment exactly. and turn that profit as well? Now, beyond Jaws and the Jawsploitation, I mean, that was immediate. It still continues today where we have such, uh, in 1999, I believe, was when we had Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Motherfucking shark ate me. Fuck crawl. Bait. We Crawl still from last year. We still have. We still have shark movies. We still have Jaws, Jaws on on something. This was Jaws as an alligator in a home in a sewer. Yeah, but I don't think. And what's weird though is I've never think we've had that level of production or talent. The pedigree involved with the film. I don't know, dude. Look at. Uh, well, that's true. But at the same time, it's not like uh, it's not like. Um, I don't know. Steven Spielberg making another shark movie, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like Alligator, yeah, Alligator oh. had a, like a lot of great production value in it. Yeah, but I'm still not going to say Alligator. No, I'm not going to say it's Oscar worthy. No, no, don't get me wrong. I'll take me some Henry Silva over Richard Dreyfus any day. <laughs> I'm totally good with that. But all, no, <sighs> technically, I think he was more Quint in that movie. But that's another one that just shows you the tendrils. But yeah, never do I think they really elevated it to the level that Spielberg hit. No, but Jaws not only inspired a lot of copycats, but it also inspired a number of tropes that you can find within these Jaws exploitation films, mm-hmm. within these Jaws on land films, and all of them, number one, they're going to fit that terrific trio of Hooper, Quint, and Brody. 
and they're all going to represent something. Yeah. And what's great is it doesn't have to be a dual duality thing where there's where there's just one thing or the other. We actually get some shades of gray. Oh involved. yeah. And so you'll see that in almost all of the films, ideally. And I find and even with the motifs of the of the shark itself, of the monster, mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote creature, whatever that is. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great, and you'll find that a lot. Um, Obviously, within this one, the finality, the showdown, you have to have that. Um, some innocents maybe have to die. Um, there's, there's a number of things that I think you can check off throughout mm-hmm. a number of these Jawsploitation films. And that leads us ultimately to Orca, the killer whale that came out a scant two years after Jaws in the year of 1977. This on the surface seems to be a jaws exploitation movie. Oh, of course, of course, and that's how it's um, marketed. It's like Orca the Killer Whale. Like, they, it's like they wanted to establish that we're better than a great white. What's bigger than a great white? It's a killer a whale. Killer whale, absolutely. So we're going to try to up it. Now, I should say that it has been close to anywhere from twenty-five to thirty years since I last saw this film. Mm-hmm. And the last time I saw this film, I was probably in Stanley, Kansas. So I'm going to get very regional and time specific. So that means I it had to have been within 1990 or previous. And I but I know though, the last time I saw it was on Channel 62. Oh yeah, this was an eight. This was in the 80s Saturday afternoon staple. This was always played on the afternoon. This was never like you know the movie of the week. This was never like. You know, the special like creature feature of the like, uh, welcome. No, this is like, hey, we have two hours to kill and we got to show some Bob Hamilton commercials or some shit like that. Or called three, two, one, two, two, seven, seven, anytime, night or day. Regional. And, so, yeah, we're old. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> does your home need a little repair? Ah! So. They put <laughs> so they put that in the middle of the day right there and mm-hmm. you just have this. Kind of family-friendly horror movie and Jawsploitation. And let me just say this. It's been 30-plus years since I've seen it, but it stayed with me for two specific reasons. And it was really funny. Because it's been so long since I've seen this film, I couldn't remember if this specific trauma came from this movie. But there were two things I distinctly remember, one involving a baby whale Mm -hmm. and the second one involving legs. Mm Mm-hmm. And going into the movie, I still, I was like, and I think I mentioned it before, I was like, yeah, man, it's been a while since I knew, but there's two specific things that I remember being associated with this film, Yeah. but it's been so long, I can't remember if I'm correct, if I'm misremembering. And sure enough. It was shocking. Yes. And we'll get to that moment initially. But what was your experience with this? This was, again, much like me, it was back in the day. So it's been 30 plus years probably for you. This is one of those weird ones where I know I've seen clips and pieces and chunks of it, but mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen the entire movie of it. And if I did, it was maybe 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So like, and I, cause like, I remember seeing once they're in the ice caps, I'm like, I remember. Okay. Like, and once they were like, and then the boat coming or the, the, the house coming down, like, I know I've seen that one. Right. So it was one of those, but actually just sit down and watch it from here and there. And especially with the older eyes. Yes. And the after just seeing the shark, after seeing just Jaws, seeing how like this is almost the antithesis of Jaws. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Jaws, we argued not only as a blockbuster, but is also kind of a pseudo slasher mm-hmm. in terms of the horror genre. Yeah, just it, it kind of like almost like the horror tropes. You have this idyllic setting, mm-hmm. throw a little bit of chaos. And although while Bruce the shark itself is just a thing of nature, yeah, it can easily be played as the slasher, as the shape, what have you. Orca. 
if you go in with that mindset, you're going to be so surprised because this is an entirely different subgenre in horror. Yes, this is a different genre. This is almost exploitation meets revenge exploitation. This is a revenge film through and through. Absolutely. And the revenge is not about it's it is twofold, but quite honestly, and we're going to get this not a spoiler per se, but for me, the antagonist of this movie was the whale. Yeah, this is the whale's movie. This is the whale. This, this is, is the a whale. whale story. We're on the whale's journey from the get. This is it's a almost a powerful movie. It it's it, admit it, it you shed you I shed, shed a, a tear. Of tears. I shed a few tears actually. I ain't even going to lie. I wasn't bawling like I was at Relic, but at the same time I was like, "Oh my god, this is gut-wrenching and emotional because with the revenge movie, you have to have a revenge aspect of it. We there's, can fit off there's we, a cause and an effect. We can go through the tropes of the shark exploitation and it'll check. We can also do the tropes of the revenge movies that we did, and it'll fit everything. It when I think what was fun was the journey not only that the whale went on, but that we went on as well. When we're connecting yeah. all those dots, going, damn, this really fits. As like, could you imagine Abel Ferrara's like orca just it oh, had man. that same feel yeah, like a 42nd street or <laughs> 42nd seas possibly absolutely yeah. it had that feel um i was not expecting it but you know what i wasn't also expecting were those feels that you got because emotional feels this was a guttural movie because i i we're going into spoilers and, uh, yeah, I think we ha- and it's a 40 year old movie and there's no I, I got a number of things that i want to cover but let's just start the conversation yeah start now genius let us go let us go this movie was fucking sad at points this was a genuinely moving film it started out gorgeous it started out and then we all immediately were like okay orca the killer whale music by enrico morio uh, it's ennio we go ennio, from john ennio, from john williams to ennio marconi okay that you know what some that might be a step up potentially from John Williams. I almost said Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> hey, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. No, <laughs> him at the actually Frank Drebin at the high seas. I would have taken that as well, and you could have had the the da, 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 on the schooner, on schooner and yep. shit underwater. No, like anyway, reel it in, reel it in. We're way off course. Arr. but um. No, it starts off so beautiful and majestic and just and and just the natural scenes itself of the whales being extremely like loving towards each a other. Full family. Oh, the the two of them interacting. Just, just, just playing and loving and I think snuggling. They were on a date just, night. Just I mean someone had the good kids. Time, yes. just, just being wonderful. And then the voiceover narration is like and whales mate for life. It's almost like Hello, I'm Richard Attenborough, and today we'll be discussing killer whales. I was into it. Me too. I was, I was totally, totally into because it. the music said it. The music made you feel because it was majestic and it was a wholesome. It's like the music you'd get at the beginning when you meet the Freelings. Mm-hmm. It was just like, hey, here's a typical underwater whale family having a good time when fucking disaster strikes. And disaster itself is technically man. Man is always yep. yep. Because he, the whales even saved the 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 friends. So let's the cronies. So again, this is a Jaws exploitation film. You in this point case, you're two years removed from the original Jaws. You have to up the ante. So we've got um, a twenty footer, no twenty five, three tons of them in Jaws. Uh huh. I think the producers were literally like, "What is bigger 
than a great white. What could kick a shark's ass? Exactly, which leads to the killer whale. Yeah. And the killer whale, for the most part, is actually, I, from what I understand, it's is a very docile much, creature. Yes. A, and it showed that. Yes. It showed that in the main, in the beginning, the Majestic, like, just wants to be left alone, just does what it does. The only reason why it's a killer is because it eats predators. Yeah, indeed. Do you think that is. Do you th- do you think, because we named this freaking yeah. fish, do you think it would hates us for the bad rap? Probably. Like, it's seriously, like of all the things, like, like it could be a grand you, whale. Can you call us something different than killer? A hell of a whale. Yeah. Anything but a killer Tuxedo whale. whale. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Classy whale. Yeah. Ugh, Instead but, of a killer, that's 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 whale shaming. It is. It is. Totally, it's whale shaming. <laughs> but no, for real. But so, mean, yeah, it is grand. It is big. It's got teeth. It's it looks a, menacing. It's, but it's loving. And oh, it's, yeah. And it's... Just happening along with his family. And I do like oh, the and, fact that... And then the shark comes in. They do present it that way. And then we're introduced <laughs> to a great white. So And then the shark comes you, in. Did you notice that Morricone even did even a little like, bit? Dun, 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 like a little aping on the Williams so score. so funny. Just enough to love you like... Ha, ha, ha. And I think that's, on very, that's totally on purpose. Now, oh, glad I didn't put that... Bury that pun Not for yet. you. Not, Not yet. yet. But... What happens was something I was not expecting, and this happens two times throughout the film, in which the whale takes out someone in a love in a way that I don't know if it's natural in nature, and maybe that's why that makes it more of the exploitation flick. Physically, like he doesn't bite, he doesn't attack. This whale is a pummeler. He's a brawler whale. He's like I come, I come from, friends. yeah, I come from the shores of Scotland, and I'm ready to fight. You know, he's just like he's just a shenanigan brawler because we meet our motley crew of humans, right? Up above the water on 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 a boat that uh, the uh, oh I forgot the name of it now. The, we'll get to that. The bu- the Pahapo or something, <laughs> something like that. Something it's not crazy. Bumpo, yeah, the bumpo. bumpo. There it is. Thank you. And so they're on the bumpo, and there's a guy swimming, and here comes a shark about to fuck him up. I mean, like, it's like, dee, it's dee, a big, dee, dee, yep. right? And then here comes, out of nowhere, they hear, apparently the well, whale and, saw the distress, what was going on. And it should be noted as well that uh, everyone involved, so you've got the people on the boat, which includes Richard Harris, which probably the only time we'll be talking that classy of an actor right? on this show. Mr. Elizabeth Taylor. Two on below the water, which we have our pair of divers mm-hmm. uh, that interact with the shark initially. And then we have the people on the boat that are going to try to snag the shark because it's a 25 footer. Yes. Specifically, again, throwing shade at Jaws here completely. And then, as you said, there seems to be a distress. And what happens there? Well, then the shark comes and gives them. I mean, then the whale comes and gives them a whale hadouken. Un. Freaking believable! Uppercuts him like pa 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 and just takes out the shark, like flips him up in the air, like I, I laughed, I because yeah. I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. But you know, quite honestly, with its girth and its size, that seems the nas- the rational way to take it out. Didn't bite him. No, nope. didn't it? Didn't like try to eat him. Just like hey, leave him alone. You know, like stop bullying shark. Poof, right? Beat that shark's ass, where the shark ran away, and then this, the whale just went off and mind his own business. But then, what did the humans decide to do? Oh. That's even better than a shark. Let's go get that whale. And it's like, fuck, man. So they turn their 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 tides to the whales, and this is where we get the first element of trauma that I know oh. triggered your tears. Oh my gosh, I was almost bawling at this. This was terrible. This is what I remember as a kid, and I even remember seeing this on Channel 62 because this they didn't have to edit. They included and kept this in. Yeah. 
which was, I think, why I was so traumatized because I was like, wait, it's two in the afternoon on, ch- on Channel 62. And we're seeing this horrible animal trauma shit. Oh, oh my goodness. So they harpoon the one of the females of the of the whales. Of the whale family. Because they, they, they go out and they see a whole family, the family of whales. And they shoot at the, the big one and they injure his fin. So he's disfigured. He's got his little scar. Yep, he's disfigured from the battle already. And they, they harpoon her and they drag her board. Now, what's crazy and this is, again, the first instinct that also I should say that our intro also includes some professor exposition. Yes, a lot of professor, which it right before all the action happens with the whales and the attack that we lead to these science facts where I'm like questioning, like, is, is this is this really legit? Because it sounds legit. It sounds like. But it, because she provided audio and visual examples, I was very impressed with her setup. And I believe that it 100 percent it is. I, I think I, it's science fact I, with I, the communicate because it makes sense with the communication. What we know now, this shows truly that if you present it in a professional way and you sound like you're sure what you're talking about, it could be the biggest science fiction we've ever seen. But it helps if you have a British accent too. Of course, it gives you that. Like, Charlotte Arab. Rampling is great in this film. She is. She's fantastic. But you get that great exposition, and they talk about the intelligence yeah of the whales how majestic they are how smart like how they're like they're, 10 times as smart as humans they're above us mm-hmm. like literally we should be um honored to be in their presence based on everything that we get in this so it's st- it sets up the intelligence of the animal but also what i love is that she mentions in this same lecture which i'd love to see her notes but how this uh, this this creature has a capacity for vengeance, vengeance. Yeah, she gets capacity for vengeance. They're like they're better than humans, but they can also go to our base human needs. And it's like, oh, so th- you're establishing that, that it can have emotions, and then it's a sentient, smarter than us creature, which leads us into um, the said trauma. The female is harpooned, and they're trying to drag her on board, but she is willingly trying to get chewed up under their yeah. motor. She's like, I would rather die, die than be in captivity. Which, and so, yeah, wow. she, she goes she goes to kill herself in the rotors of the boat, and it's graphic. It's oh. extremely graphic to the point where I'm heartbroken, and I'm like, dude, are, did, did any whales get harmed in the making of this movie? Because this is the 70s. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, it should say 1977 another time. Another place. I mean, it's possible, but fortunately, no. Okay. We, we, we went and looked at it. it no, yeah. no animal, because it didn't say after the movie. It didn't say after the movie. Yeah. So, but she goes to kill herself graphically. Very much and so. And then when they, like, oh, ring her up, bring her up, bring her up, and she's still alive the whole time, then... Oh boy! And then, <laughs> then, meanwhile, the 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 the, uh, the male shark Orca is watching this whole thing unfold, and he can't do anything because he's like kind of paralyzed with like. I think he's yeah, absolutely. He's being traumatized at yeah. this point. This is well, then like any triggering moment in a revenge film, it has to be very traumatic. Now, let me ask you this, genius: Did you remember this moment at all? No. Okay. No, I don't so, think I saw this part. Walk us through this moment and how you reacted, because this is the moment that that traumatized me as a kid and i'll be honest traumatized me not two hours ago i know okay so i'm already like heartbroken and sad that this whale's like you know i'm gonna die instead of being taken don't take me away it is a proud creature yeah and and it's a female creature because they pull it up and then next thing you know it's screaming and it has this horrific scream that the the scream of it the scream reminded me going back to the 80s of the that sci-fi movie kroll and the the little slayers that were kind of the the stormtroopers when they died sounded just like when she was in agony, which was horrible. It's an agony sound. She is oh. in pain, and you can hear this pain in this scream. 
And then she's writhing around as they're pulling up out of the, out in the air. She obviously is dying. Then she gives birth, right? This poor baby whale with the size of like a small child comes out graphically. And then what's the first instinct? They get the fire hose, like, like get it out. Like, we don't want to touch it. Meanwhile, the whale's still screaming. The dad whale is seeing this whole All thing. All of this. And, he, and, and he's yelling. He's like screaming, screaming, roaring. And it's not anger. It's shock and sadness because they even have close-up of him crying. Oh. I mean, the whale's eyes are crying, and it's like, holy shit. There are multiple moments in this film where we get close-ups on the whale's eye and the different emotions and i jokingly said you know not only is he sad what he saw but someone was littering of course throughout the you <laughs> know the sea <laughs> that's the one an, tear going down that's one very specific uh, reference there for you but no that actually that made me care for him and all of a sudden i realized i wasn't invested in his story yeah i give two shits about these people these people are fucking awful this captain and the crew i want them i need to, to get come up them and to die because this was the poor baby and they hose it down so callous oh it is so casually callously and that's what i remember specifically it's just skittering and going off the side of the boat yeah. oh my god and they're like you know what what do we do with the female they're like well let's take it and it's still alive seeing this whole thing and they even do a time cut and there's a moment where they say yeah miraculously somehow she's still alive and this is when the orca finally his fight moment kicks in and he starts ramming the boat yeah and then he sees like okay what the fuck is going on and then the captain comes out captain nolan yep. and he there's realizes a great there's a great Dun, 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 dun. It's a great moment because they you literally see their reflection of each other in their eyes. He imprints the captain. Yeah. It is incredible. It is it is a great shot. And immediately when that happened, I think we both we both kind of looked and were like, like wow, this, this is, is a revenge movie. Through and freaking through. And from there, it went from Orca to what? Deathfish. Not even joking. Where you can then construct the remainder of this film. Right. Like Canon could have put out Death Fish 7. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it would have happened. But, but the first one is raw and gritty. The first one is a morality tale before it goes off into like the giggler. Yes. You know, before it gets. But so this was. That like, would have been a dolphin. There we go. <laughs> hey, I'm going to come with a poipus. <laughs> been, si- <laughs> been sitting on that one for a while. But we go from Street Tufts to Sea Tufts completely and when this change happens i will say this uh captain nolan is kind of like the quint of the group Mm -hmm. um but he has moments of contrition throughout where he realizes that what he did was messed up yeah and i think he's trying to make up for it initially but it wasn't until it wasn't until everybody started fucking with him telling because like they're like look you shouldn't have done that and he goes i do what i want and he goes look you need to get your boat and go out on the sea. I can't. I ain't going to go back out there because the whale's out there and he'll fuck me up and whatever. I'm not going to do it. Right. And it wasn't until like <clears throat> he was defiant halfway yeah. through it until like. But he was allowed a moment of growth in character. He ab- Absolutely. When he realized like because they said, I, I think I think the aspect of it, he was like feeling a little bit guilty. He goes, man, I feel bad. Everybody says that it's bad luck and they didn't. And you know what? This was kind of horrific what I did because. Yeah, he, you, he had a moment of reflection. Yeah, which is in any other kind of genre B movie that wouldn't be allowed to happen. Well, and there was that moment when he went to the church and he goes, hey, is it possible to sin against an animal? And the priest is like, yes, it is. Yeah, you can sin against anything. You can sin against an animal. You can sin against a blade of grass, but also you're sinning against yourself. And like, 
He's like, ah, and then that's what triggered him. And he goes, you know what? This whale is me. It's like a mere reflection of it because then we go into the exposition of why, like why he He is is kind of, he's not, he's not necessarily a redeemable character because it was pretty horrific shit. He he still needs to die. Yeah. He needs to die. If this is our Mandy revenge film, he needs to die. He's Jeremiah Johnson. Do you like whale sounds? (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. That's horrible. (laughs) Children of the new fan. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah and they find out that like his wife and his kid were killed by a drunk driver yep. so he goes i gotta ask that whale for forgiveness and when it's richard harris that is delivering this dialogue yeah and richard harris who is a classically trained actor and i remember him from like the man from horse uh the guns of the navarone uh he was uh king arthur in a camelot film so this is a man that has graced the silver screen for many years and here he is on what could be a potential throwaway B Jawsploitation flick, but is having adding so much gravitas to the scenes. Because the movie already had a lot of heart in it. Yo. It had a lot of emotion and heart. Which all came from the whales. Yeah, and then when you add a sympathetic villain. Yes. Because yeah. that's the thing. Because he is the villain. He is an irrehensible person. But he also has those moments of humanity when he was like, I really need to ask for forgiveness from this whale. And it wasn't. it wasn't until like... The whale almost ruined his life when he goes, yeah, you know what? Maybe I need to stop running because even the town is like, you need to stop running and face your what you did. Well, it's also because the fact that the whale then starts fucking with everybody in town. (laughs) It starts with a simple enough little fire that spreads to like blowing up the Transformers. Well, it starts it starts off not even simple and not even simple because he makes it a duck. The next day, the whale fucking finds him and he goes, oh, you're going to be on land oh. you're gonna be a chicken shit like that hold on hold on we didn't talk about the burial scene and the wake and the oh, service gosh. we know we didn't even talk about that because that happened beforehand because that was that was the trigger that oh. was that was like you know what you done fucked up now so okay so we finally so somehow he gets the dead female whale back to land and he's trying to bury but no 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 i gotta rewind i gotta rewind because he just drops once he sees that he drops the corpse of the... Uh, they realize the the whale's pissed because he needs the body. Yeah. He needs time to bury her, put her out at sea, and reflect. Because if not, that whale's going to fuck that boat and he, up. And he realizes, yeah, that I think that also establishes initial kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Drops him, and then, of course, again... And then runs away. Yep, which leads us to... So then oh. there's the, then the whale funeral. Oh. So then again, you have that Marconi score, which just brings the... Um, such gravitas and feel and heart and this majestic this majestic oh. shot of these whales all together in like a group and the one whale pushing the other dead whale and then finally the group like kind of goes off one whale yep. and the whale Just, the, the orca yep. yeah takes our hero the, our hero takes the dead whale to the bay where the guy lives and just puts him there like look what you did this is i'm coming for you because of this and then the town's like hey there's a dead whale right there we need to get rid of this which then introduces will samson yep which if you are into horror go back to poltergeist 2 Mm -hmm. and if you are into film go to one flew over the cuckoo's nest again another great actor giving so much gravitas to the role but then it adds almost to like that the the creepy town aspect mm-hmm. would because the town is against you as well because like hey 
we heard what you did about that whale, and now that the whale showed up, but, you know, killing a whale is super bad luck, and sailors are super superstitious. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and so they're like, he goes, nah, that's poppycock and nonsense. Nothing bad's going to happen. It's a coincidence. The whale's stupid. And then Q, our, our, our hero, the whale, starts trashing the town from the sea. He is still able to create chaos. He's taking down all the other boats yes. in, the, in the harbor except the guy who's doing to, to basically like look i'm gonna keep fucking with this guy i'm gonna fuck with all of you until you make him drag his ass out into the sea and face me <laughs> he makes the town complicit and he the does. town does get and involved the, 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 the like, town is like you need to fucking leave because this he's scaring away the fish yep, he's, he's tearing up the whole marina and now what did he do so what happens he's still not going he's still not going Finally, the whale's like, you know what? I got to get makes this town on me. If he's not going to, if he's yeah. not coming out, I'm going to make them drive him out. So he disrupts the gas line under this, under the whole marina. And somehow a spark happens, goes all the way to the main, the main gas pump in town, which blows up fucking half the town. Creates one of the most iconic shots. It is fucking rad. It is the side of a van worthy. You have this crazy explosion in the background. All Me real, all real. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fire Willie's doing flips up in the front. He has a way. He is a great, like any good uh, revenge protagonist. He's got his little quips. Yeah. And I honestly think those are the whale equivalent of quips when he's jumping when out. When he's jumping and, and doing creating like a splash. Victory stances. Oh. Because he's like going around. Because he's like. <laughs> you like how you like me now, bitch. And just like just flipping around. Meanwhile, the town is aflame. It's unreal and so gratifying. And so then it gets even worse for the dude because every now the town is fucking pissed because they just finished rebuilding their boats and now their whole town is ruined. It's, They're like, they even give us a call. He's like, you have to sundown to leave. And he goes, is this the harbor master? It doesn't fucking matter. You you have till sundown to leave or we will drive you out, right? And so then he goes, okay, well we better get ready. And the shark's like, I'm not. I mean, the, the whale's like, I'm not waiting. Nope. Another reason why I will not live by the sea or especially on any place that has stilts or anything like stilts that. Stilts or planks between no. this movie and Lethal Weapon 2. No. Cannot convince me. No. Because this leads to the second bit of childhood trauma I remember experiencing. New trauma for me. Fuck all that noise. And that is when a 10 goes from a 10 to eight and a half. Definitely, definitely. And this is where our protagonist is able to take out the domicile of the bad guys yeah if you're fighting a whale you should probably hope not to live on on a, a stilted plant over the area over the ocean that's bad news bears and one that has already been established as being super intelligent and stupid and super vengeful because there's been times where he's like comes up and will fuck with them like he acknowledges a, him yeah there's oh a, he's, he's walking, bathed in red yeah like like a fucking jello he's a jello shark because he's got the black gloves he's got the little mask of the little black hat and he's bathed in red he's a jello shark so no there's a part where like the the sea captain goes out into the sea and easily if you wanted to easily if he wanted to he could just like pick him up but no he comes out to give him a scare like i'm here i am not leaving and i'm fucking with you he like waited for like they're like there's been darn for waiting for like 18 months right and 18 months <laughs> and so <laughs> he's like man he the sh the whale will not leave him alone with just cause oh, yeah. with absolute just cause it, it, it plays incredibly in it in any other hands i think could have played really silly yeah. for the most part. 
No, but it played super straight. Well, and it's directed by Michael Anderson, who directed Logan's Run, which is another film I have not seen in probably 30 plus years. And that's a serious film that could have gone in goofball territory really quick. But it does not. No. So I think based on the character actors that we have and the director, that this movie, as silly as it could be, plays very seriously from yeah. silly to serious and it's a fine balance but it plays uh, just so well like i said we were i think throughout not only we're like oh it's doing revenge it's doing shark we're just like this is a good freaking movie but and it also plays weird because we want the captain to die we want the captain to get he his comeuppance but he also has that like he's he's conflicted he's a he's a complex villain but then the side characters you don't want them to die and they do because oh. they're just associated with him to the point where I do believe one Lewis Skolnick enrolled for a little maritime law. And it's going to be a great voyage. <laughs> Robert Carradine showing up wearing red pants and I think a red shirt. He is absolutely the red shirt nerd. He is going to die. And as soon as you see him, it's like, oh, look, he's he's it's the nerds. He's dead. He's dead. He's Sorry. Dead. No he's chance. Dead. No chance. But you did you did need the body count. And the body count also increases with. Um, another connection with another Jawsploitation film, which we talked in the, Into the Mouth of March Madness, uh, but Piranha, uh, the bearded one that beds Bo Derek, uh, Keenan Wynn, mm -hmm. is also in Piranha as well. And he goes out, not very horrifically, but just in he, a very... He used cowardice. That was, he's like, well, I'm getting the boat, oh, the boat ready, ready to go to get out. And he goes, the whale's like, you ain't going nowhere. That whale is vindictive. Very vindictive. To the point where he like caused... Uh, uh, iceberg yeah. to hit him where he dart loose and then he like made the rocks fall on him on the on um, Will Samson that, or do you think he was actually trying to disguise himself as an iceberg you'll never know me now never mind this moving iceberg going against current it's fine it's fine natural <laughs> occurrence throwing the rocks on people we whale rock you <sighs> so this is a long way of us getting and not talking about the fact that Bo Derek gets her leg bitten off in this film we didn't discuss that no we got around it because that also freaked me out as a kid and it was it played differently in my head as a kid than what really was this was chased gore yeah. Oh no. It's like none of it was really on screen or in no. your face. Not very. And the. I mean, it was kind of like Jaws, where you never really saw anything. But even when the whale attacked, he never. You never really saw teeth go into flesh. No. But that wasn't Orca's style. No. I think it was sending a message. Yeah. Because he specifically went for the good leg. Yeah. He did not want. Mm -mm. He's got a, a sophisticated palate. Number one, obviously, someone that is smart. Uh, they know. They know how to pair well their wine and their meat dish. Yeah, exactly. Okay. A little bit of brine, you're he, all good. He's not doing a white wine with red meat. You know, the man's got a little bit better than that. But he specifically did that, trashing the house. Took advantage of that. Mauled and maimed her. Did not kill her. Nope. No, that was not. Didn't he wasn't going for food. This no. wasn't a, a shark doing a shark does. This was a whale for vengeance. I honestly think even the ones he does kill by mouth, he is immediately spitting out because he does not want sustenance. The revenge is the thing that is sustaining exactly. him right now. And the fact that he drew them into frigid open ice waters. Well, that means the revenge is best served cold. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. It does inevitably lead to mono e mono. On an iceberg, which I did not remember that, actually. Mm -mm. That was entirely, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because by the time Baudere got her legs bit off when I was watching, I just bailed at that point. I don't remember the climactic scene, but I remember them being stuck in the ice and then him like getting mauled on the boat. But then mm -hmm. after that, I really don't remember much. But like the fact that all of our characters are dead except for the the 
British scientist who we've already like. Okay, she's mm. a, she's basically just Professor Bedford. She's bad. I'm she's a badass. I she's love her. a badass, but she's she's not a villain. No, no. And she's trying to like like she's she's trying to be the mediator, yes. I guess, for yes. for lack of a better term. Yes. Don't kill the whale, but don't like don't die, die in the midst of trying to kill exactly. the whale. Exactly. Yeah. Like don't Ahab it. Don't totally <laughs> Ahab either side. You don't go full Ahab. You don't go full Ahab. Never go full Ahab. But um, so. We're worried about her, but then finally, when he breaks off into the ice, that was some gripping shit. When he's running and the whale is coming up from underneath the ice, going, "I'm gonna fuck you up." All of the whale attacking shots I loved, and the fact that even at a moment when he's he's got his little elephant gun, where he's gonna get some penetration. It's the elephant gun. I wrote that down. I'm like, there's no penetration with the elephant gun. He throws it aside and he's like, "I want a fair fight." And I, again, I I like that you get a little shades of gray with his character. Well, and it was interesting with that, too, because he goes, he was a fair fight. And um, Will Sampson was like, yeah, sometimes you need to go and face the things fear. Like what we would do back in the days is we would do this ritual. I'll go and help you do yeah. this because you think the ritual will work. He goes, nowadays, even our gods dance to a different beat. And so that's still something that was like that yeah. makes sense. But at the same time, and there's still the essence like, no, you need to face what you did. Yeah. First off and foremost, yeah. whether the guilt is manifested guilt on, on the human part, but it's also the manifestation of revenge on the whale part yeah. and both parties. Something has to go. Yeah. 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, and then it ultimately leads to the last kill of the film, which another one I was not expecting. Huge and, spoilers again. Yeah. Well, you open the film with a whale basically uppercutting a shark. How do you have him kill the main bad guy? And listen, when I go to a revenge film and we're at the last bad guy, I want them to go out spectacularly. Yeah. Think class of 1984. Oh, yeah. When that when happens. Hung, yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah. Remember people reacting in the theater. And Mandy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll ask your D word, man. His final comeuppance is sweet. You want it to be glorious, a little bit over the pot, the top, and something that makes you cheer. Mm-hmm. We cheered. Oh, yeah. Oh, Whole, yeah. I was not expecting this no, kill. Because, because it sets up where he's on the iceberg and Orca comes up and slams it and makes it like slanty. And so he's sliding down like Quint. It's straight out of it's the It's 100% Quint. And you think it's going to be a Quint because he's on the tilted whale? Ah, 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 because he's tilted. Ah, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Um, so he's sliding down and you think, okay, he's going to like chomp, 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 which would be satisfying, you Absolutely. know, I was, was kind of rooting for it, but no, no, we don't get that. He grabs him by the leg, he gets, he lets him fall into the ocean, pulls him down and then, well, well, oh no, lets him falls in the ocean and then circles around him a little several bit times um, as if he was like measuring him up because mm-hmm. I was, I was what is happening. I was waiting yeah. for like a fisticuff fight type thing. I was actually waiting for him to let him go. I actually yeah. thought that was a thing. I thought, like, okay, as someone is wise, I want you to know I could have killed you at this point. Yeah. But I'm better than that. I'm going to walk I'm away. I'm going to let you live and knowing with what you've done. I'm going to let you live with that. And knowing that anytime you're on the sea, I'll be there, I'll be there waiting and watching for you. Did I thought get, that would have been a very good. Did we get that genius? Yeah. No, we did not. No, we did not. We got something even even better, even better, even better. He didn't gnaw him down jaw style. He didn't let him go non style. He beat the fuck out of him he that whale literally kicked his ass he pummeled him he pummeled him to death he whale catapults him with his tail but after he whaps him around around with his fin a couple of times it is incredible it is such a pummeling and i was not anticipating him going out that way yeah whacks him around the fin then uses his tail 
But but first, before that, he even taunted it, like shook his ass up at him. Remember, and he was like, "Coming to me, come follow me." Can't That's get initially me. before when he leads them to the yeah, ocean. He, he comes up and he's like, "Ah, you can't get me. Where you? What you got now, bitch?" And then he's like flipping and shaking his ass at him. But then, so he's got the Captain Nolan underwater, kicks his ass, flips him up with the tail, and then slams him up against the rocks. It is incredible. It, it is, is brutal. It is mean. <laughs> it's crazy mean. And elicited cheers from both of us because that's the comeuppance he needed. Mm-hmm. And then just lets him slowly sink S- to the bottom of the just ocean. Just sink to the bottom. Doesn't even doesn't even give him the time of day to bump him or make sure he's just he just go down to the drink where you belong. And then. We get uh, the professor is actually um, um, uh, Jacob Will Sampson initially sent out an SOS queue. So you hear a rescue helicopter. helicopter coming. So, you know, she's going to be OK because initials like, oh, shit, well, she's stuck. No, no, she's good. And then we queue beneath the sea again and uh, we're with our protagonist and the sad music. And we've already established in an earlier ex- exposition science facts from the doctor. They mourn that they're they're very grief stricken. They're mourn and they made for life. Yep, they're loyal. And so then after that, after the vengeance was done, there's even that exchange where the whale comes up and looks at her face to face. And the whole reason she was there is to understand whales a little bit better. Yep. And he just looks at her like, I got no beef with you. Do you understand now? Yep. And then just kind of goes down to the ocean. When you write of me, write very well. Right? Tell say I died a hero. But <laughs> and so then it kind of like it leads to this ending that is extremely bittersweet and sad and melancholy and morose. Well, you and I want to say throughout the movie the the Morricone music is incredible. It's so and beautiful. The scary stuff though is also very scary when yeah. it hits. The the horror hits, but not only do we cue the sad Morricone music, but we cue sad Morricone music that has lyrics on top of it. And those lyrics, I think it's kind of the Italian Sarah McLaughlin. But because, it's sad because yes. we don't know what's happening. We think that we're still in the way in the whale's point of view. Yeah. We're, and we we're, see that he can't. There's no way to go up. And mm-hmm. as we know that from again, from science exposition, that whales need to breathe because they are mammals. So we're soon to believe that he went under the ice to die because his vengeance is done and there's no really there's no there's his he lost his family. There's no other course for him. So he goes to die and it's super, super sad. But then you add the voice, the operatic voice, and you're just like, are you kidding me? Am I going to cry again? I know. It's like, Jesus. And it's a song about how, like, we are one. And it's all about the message how, like, we all should really treat animals as well as we treat Well, better than how we treat each other. You know, and that's a message I can fully get behind. It gets kind of the the rhyme of the ancient mariner: just respect nature. You know, yeah. it is our better. Yeah, it can put us in our place at any time it wants to. And it did. This yes. could almost be a Tales from the Crypt creep show cautionary tale. It, it. I was so shockingly, wonderfully surprised by yes. rewatching this. I kind of number one. I was able to address those childhood traumas and introduce them to you as well, which is always wonderful. That was crazy. That made my jaw drop. How graphic it was. Oh yeah, no, it's crazy, crazy um, graphic. But also the fact that to follow up Jaws with a film that in and of itself could have been just a run of the mill Jaws exploitation film, I think this is one that raises to the the top of the pile. If if it doesn't, if it isn't, it needs to. I think yeah. more people need to actually see this movie than dismiss it as a Jaws ripoff. Because like when you think Orca the Killer Whale and the cover art and everything, it looks like it's a Jaws ripoff, but it is it is not. It is yeah. so 
much more of a morality tale, more man versus nature, where man is absolutely in the wrong. Yeah. It it played it played wonderfully. It was it played great, beyond great I should, revenge movie. Should also note again at the beginning they took out a great white. Well, just then a two years later in Jaws two at the very beginning, uh, what is unearthed on the shore but a killer whale? Yeah, that has been mauled. So I'm sure they heard the shots fired, but that's kind of the craziness of what was going on with the Jaws exploitation. The fact that yes, we did get more sequels in Jaws, which we touched upon, and. We went from a movie not expecting a revenge film with this one. Uh, over on Patreon, uh, this month's commentary is another revenge film. Yeah. It's in the title. Different kind of revenge. Not the revenge that we got with this movie. No, or at least, no. You know what? No. Honestly, this Jaws the Revenge is how Orca could have gone. Yeah. Absolutely. But it absolutely, did not. Absolutely. Absolutely. This could have this easily gone into goofy camp territory this could have gone into like just oh. exploitation i mean it's exploitation because yeah. it's low budget and it's a shark trope and all that but it kind of gone into it, way deeper exploitation it could have gone into like something ridiculous and but we got something with a message something with a lot of heart and something with a lot of majestic beauty amongst like the the, the violence towards animals now yeah. it's not cannibal holocaust oh no 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 but it's i mean but it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a live whale birthing done in animatronic hopefully but still it, it was jarring but at the same time you for a good revenge, mm -hmm. you have to have that sort of like terribleness. I hate to say it, but you need to be rooting for why you want need the comeuppance, right? And yeah, no, it establishes so many different things, and I'm really glad it hit the way it did. Yeah. Now that being said, we are still in talks to figure out what we're going to be talking next week. This is the genius wild card. So whatever we're talking, whether it is good, bad. Whether it is a flipper baby, I don't know. This is all from genius. So It, it, it ain't going to be as heartfelt as Orca. I can tell you that for sure. I'm anxious to see what we... And we are closing out the month. Um, we'll get to it, but it is an Italian take on the whole Jawsploitation. So mm -hmm. uh, final thoughts there, genius, as we wrap things up. See Orca. Yeah. I mean, really, really see Orca. But don't dismiss it as, a, as something goofy. Because yeah. it, it's got elements of goof and fun. But in all, it's a really great movie that actually is it, it brought a tear to my eye it really did the baggage we bring my friend the baggage know, right? we bring all right well until next week and whenever we get with genius's wild card potentially squidly diddly there <laughs> this is greg d i'm genius mcgee and we'll see you in your dreams Don't fuck with my